<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire? Running your own company? Achieving your life's goals? Yet wake up in a cold sweat next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Well, it's so nice to have someone here in person today. Well, I am so excited because we are here with Lauren Scott, Larry, my friend Larry. 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 Larry, thank you so much for coming all the way to Jersey. I know oh, you need a passport God. to get here. No, you actually didn't. Cuomo let me over the border. I mean, that was so nice. Oh, so nice. Usually you have to quarantine 14 days. Uh, 14 minutes I sat in my car. I, thank you that so much. Good. Thank had no, you. I had no choice. Well, if anybody doesn't realize who Larry is, he's Larry from Larry Party, Lawrence Scott Events. He does everybody's event. I mean, he's not known for housewife events, though he's done them. He he does real celebrities, not Bravo celebrities. He's done everybody from Janet Jackson to major political people. He does Judge Judy. He does John Legend. He's done um, Drew Barrymore, Drew Hillary Barrymore, Swank, the, Hillary Swank the fabulous Miss M. We're not going to mention her, but Madonna. Nah, nah. Nah, 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 oh, we nah, can nah. cut that out, by the way. This we sentence. don't have to. It's fine. You know He's what? done. We call somebody the material. We call material girl. Material girl. I think when we sign those papers, it's over. We could say yes. Yeah, we, we could say. I mean, we he did Madonna's done... 57th birthday party. Yeah, she's older than the March. Thank so God. So I don't know. She's probably. Four, Maybe 43 now. <laughs> I know. She goes back in years. Mm-hmm. He has done everybody's event. But you know when you go to a Larry party, you mm-hmm. are getting the cream of the crop event. Something's never anybody's seen before. It is like a theatrical experience. You go in there. It like fills up everybody's senses. Right? Oh, it's immersive. Like you go I in cannot and get over. it just envelops you in like drama and the feeling it, it really is i mean once you experience one every party you ever go to after that is actually shit exactly and it's true i would probably say it, it's it's different levels i think the difference between like um the larry party which is not my party and the reason like it's really funny like people say oh my god wouldn't he go it's not the larry the larry party of the larry experience is i'm a storyteller it's not like you're just buying flowers or food or music. In other words, something has to die for something else to come forward. 
It's like really a great decorator. It's not design a showcase. And my parties are storytelling, which is like if I'm telling Margaret's story, it's her story, not mine. So it's her taste, my style. So there's a beginning, which is A, and there's an ending, which is Z. And in between, if you're only looking at the cover, you're not really getting to know the whole story. So you have to stay around for the whole story. It's not one, it's not one facet of the party. That's what, I, that's what I absolutely love. And I just want to say, before we dive into how you became Larry Party, Lauren Scott, you elevated my show, Jersey, which I have to say, we never had parties like you until you came on. And it's so funny because you did my 50th birthday. Since then, you've done my charity events. You've done Melissa's party. And everybody said, until I came on, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to toot my own little horn. Parties in Jersey were not spectacular or as interesting till you started doing the party. So thank you for that. My pleasure. <laughs> it's well, true. That, that thank you. Well, riding in on a white you know horse. No, yeah, black horse. A no, black horse. A black white horse. dress and black horse. But you know what? For me, it's really funny because sometimes people say like this, oh, you shouldn't do that person's party. You shouldn't do this one or whatever. But people don't realize, you know what? Let's say I deal with a certain clientele and whatever it is, it doesn't mean I have to like each person. It's not about an emotion. I'm telling somebody's story. It's a business. So whether somebody likes this person, what is what does business have to do with liking? Are you trying to say you don't like me? No, I love <laughs> No, I do because I, you want to know something. For me, it's very interesting because yes. a friend of yours, Karen, how we have a yes. mutual friend. Yes. I think for a while she had said to me, you know, I have a friend, you know, Margaret, would you, you know, do her party, whatever. And at that point, I wasn't really doing them. And then I realized as I started to mature in business and in really just in a thought process for being in business. I don't think you, you, you get to pick and choose as you're a little bit more independent, but I just thought that it was like not the right avenue for me, but like I think everything's the right avenue because everybody should experience like, you know what? So the people that watch your show from me, it's like, you know what? It's a whole nother group. Why shouldn't they see the Rolls Royce of parties? So your following, okay, gets rich, not rich, middle class, poor, everybody watches it. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you touch on a lot of people. Exactly. And what reality mm -hmm. is, which people don't realize, like, you know what, when we were growing up, you watch, let's say, All in the Family, and which character, or like you watch The Golden Girls, which character did you relate to? And that's why today, in other words, which housewife do you relate to? So in other words, today it's about even the party experience. So if Margaret was... Um, the, excuse my mouth, the ballsy enough to even attempt to make the phone call to call me to say, would you do the party? I said, yes. Now she's stuck with me and I'm stuck with her, which is a pleasure. <laughs> that, which I'm blessed. I no, mean, I, there's no one else I want to be like, stuck with. Yeah, because I think it's okay. You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, like lifestyles of the rich and famous. You know, you watch that show because you want to see how the other half live. So I don't think you pick and choose that way. So I'm blessed that you're uh, allowing me in because I don't think I'm just for rich. Do you know what I'm saying? I exactly. think I'm for everybody. And I think you inspire people and teach people how to have style. And I think that's what our podcast is about. So let's talk about like when you were young. Like what made you do this? What did you want to be when you grew up? You know, it's interesting. You know, there's five. there were five kids in my family growing up and there was one bathroom and we waited online to go to the bathroom and we had chores. Somebody had to put the garbage out and somebody had to do this or that. You had to make your bed before you left in the morning for school. And we did wait online for this bathroom. And my father came from also very humble beginnings. He owned luncheonettes, which was a big deal, I guess, in mm -hmm. those days. And I was like a snotty little, I wanted more. And I remember making a comment to a newspaper years ago when I started becoming 
um, a little bit more popular, and I said I couldn't be creative with a tuna fish sandwich. So, <laughs> but you know what? That's how I felt. But without sounding um, terrible, but you know what? My father was very sick, and he was dying, and he grabbed my hand on a respirator because he didn't want to die, thinking that I would think that he didn't love me. And I realized that comment was dumb because those tuna fish sandwiches put five kids through college. Yes. So that's the point. So that's why when I say something like this with you doing this show, everybody has to understand how every part and how everybody lives. It's not one-sided. You know, that's what I think when you, when you live those shoes where your eyes are open and you're educated, you stop judging. And it's unfortunately, true, yeah. we all judge. And of so course. I judged yeah. that I wanted more, but who am I to judge? It was a different era. So I came from nothing. And now it made me say, I have to start giving back. So at the age of 20 something, I started giving. That's the way we were raised. You give back. So there's always part of my money that goes to charity and helping other people out. Do you know what I'm saying? And not just rich charities, but everyday charities. Do you know what I'm saying? So to me, it, it, I think part of my journey, my A to Z for my journey, my story, is I came from nothing, I made some money, got cocky, lost the money, and now I oh, understand it. I know that it. feeling. And now I understand yeah. it. I, so I, in I, other I, words, everyone's story is different. That's why I'm a good storyteller. You are a good storyteller. Yeah. Tell me, Larry, did you ever work for somebody else who does events? Yeah. Who Did you have a mentor? I didn't have a mentor. I learned a lot. You know what? I think when I was growing up, I worked three jobs at the age of 13. We were working, you know, I worked at snack bar, I worked at country club, you know, I had a paper route. Again, we had five kids. I wanted to make money. My parents couldn't afford a lot, so they made us go out and work. It wasn't just about schooling, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It wasn't about, we didn't, the way I was raised, it was not about joining a sport team or having an instrument being played. Um, it was about going to work. You know, they needed help, I guess, or that generation mm -hmm. was all about going to work and not, you know, we weren't on the soccer team. It wasn't a football team. I wasn't going to, you know, um, football games on the weekend. I was working um, to, su to survive with my family. Do you know what I'm saying? And it was all about work ethics, you know, different than today. Um, I think there's so much emphasis put on the what you can achieve, like in other words, whether it's playing a flute or education. And I think it's a balance. Mm -hmm. I think you have to have education, but you should also have work ethics. And that's how I feel I've learned from this also. No, I absolutely agree. So tell me, when, how long has Lauren Scott in business? Um, this is our 31st year being in business. 31 years. Yeah, 31 that's years. That's very impressive. And um, it's... You know, it's really crazy. I thought at my age, I'm 61 years old this year, and I said, oh my God, now I get to skate. I killed myself. I worked my butt. And all of a sudden, this pandemic, and everybody's pandemic is their own, and we all... So I had meltdowns it's, and I... It's killed the event business a yeah, little bit it, because people it, can't be together. You it, had a pivot. It did, but you know, for <clears> me... Um, it's not just killing business. It, it's sort of like, you know, I married my business. I, you know, I, it's not like I have a partner or a wife or, or kids at home. Like I married my business. And I remember after listening to, you know, the news and they told you to keep people employed or whatever. And I did it for five weeks. And then I had to lay people up. I remember having a meltdown. And I remember in my backyard, I literally like couldn't stop crying because I thought I was a loser. I thought I was a failure. I, 
31 years, I gave false sense of security to my employees who gave me their lives. So I had to lay them off. So there's so much learning from this. But again, I could have easily walked away, but I don't think God wants me to. I think he wants me to start over. And it's like you're a role model. So I'm a role model for yes, a lot of, of people. Yes, of course. You know what I'm saying? You've been in business yeah. and done these things. So how? just tell us how people pivot events like now. Because I feel like people want to get out there. We had to take a break. I think, you know, the two types of people, you know, it's here, like in the 80s, and I remember during the Reagan days, mm -hmm. like they were throwing money at everybody, and you know what? And then all of a sudden we went into a bad economy, and then people wait for it to come back. You know what? I don't think you can wait for it to come back. I think I took a pause, which I needed. You know, it, actually, it did me a lot of good. So when this started, I had laid people off, and it really destroyed me laying people off. I literally was, as a grown man, crying I thought I failed these people. I thought it was a, I, I just thought I failed. And I never thought that I had to look at it as like, this was totally out of my control. And I'm a control freak. This is the only thing, there's two things that I was able to control in my life and I always felt that way. One was my body and one was my business. So thank God I was gifted enough to finish a gym in my home so I had the gym so I can control the body end of it. But I couldn't control my business and that frustrated me. And being creative, there's so much crazy stuff that goes on in a creative person's head. I didn't know what to do with that. I was never, I, I always had my mother and father sitting on my shoulder. God bless them. They're not in my life, but they always taught me, like, if I took off an hour, just at any time in my life, they were like, well, who's watching the place? Like, they didn't believe in taking off. Again, different work ethic. We came from a different world. So it taught, it, it gave me a pause and saying, you know what? I don't like this anymore. I don't like that anymore. And you did a lot of soul searching. And then I said, you know what? And some of those people that I was around for a while were very toxic. And I didn't want to jump in that quicksand anymore because toxicity makes you negative. Mm -hmm. So when all of a sudden, if there's an angel on this side of my shoulder and the other shoulder has the devil, which is opposites, and everybody has it. You know, you can't go up without coming down. You can't push without pulling up. It's the opposite. And when that devil came out too much and I spoke poorly, to somebody because they were, I was resenting them because they just kept trying to lie or that. I said, this is not good. So the pandemic also made me sort of get rid of a lot of the bad luggage. And I think it's a cleansing period. Mm -hmm. Now I have to start over. And the reason I have to start over because it's not just about me. There are people that need that mentor. They need that inspiration. So you know what? I chose that, you know what? When you're a leader, which I realized I'm a leader, you don't know if you go down Park Avenue, it's the right if it's the right block to go down. You don't know, and it's a scary thing to lead because you know what your decision influences and mm -hmm. is responsible for other people following, and you have to take those risks in life and you have to deal with it. So I chose to stay as a leader because I stopped following when I was in my twenties. And I started to lead when I had my own business. And you make mistakes. So at this point, I'm not, I'm going to get through this pandemic. And I'm going to still lead because that's what I'm here to do, lead. Launch. Lex, the hassle of running around and running a business is beyond. So stamps.com has been so helpful for us. You know, no one hates going to the post office more than me. So when we could print our own postage, it has been like a miracle. Stamps.com literally has saved our life when I'm just like, Lexi, where's the stamps? 
Oh, it's so great. It's like having a post office right there at your computer. It's incredible. Stamps.com has everything ready to go. And not only that, you get discounted rates that you can't even get at the post office. It's literally life-changing. Everybody, you have to use stamps.com. If you're like me, who's in your pajamas, working from home, who feels like going to the post office and going to mail things? It's so impossible to go buy postage, get postage. So stamps.com has literally been life-changing to us. It's the easiest thing to use. Yes, you can use your computer to print any official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once it's ready, you could just leave it with your mail carrier, schedule a pickup, or drop it off in a mailbox. It's so simple, and you get great discounts, five cents off every stamp, and up to 62% off USPS and UPS. I mean, if that's not a saving, 62% seriously, how... Amazing is that? It's literally a no-brainer. Saves time and money. So right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without scale. any long-term commitment. Because you know we hate scales and commitment. I know, exactly. You don't get on the scale yourself, but it's for your postage. It's amazing. So go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in caviar. That's stamps.com and enter Caviar, C-A-V-I-A-R. You didn't tell me. What did you want to be when you grew up? I always wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> I always wanted to marry a rock star. I, I didn't want had, to be a rock star. I always, I always picked, wanted to be I a always, rock star. Yeah, I always had that V shape growing up, and you know what? I and think, you're tall. You, yeah. could, you look like no, a rock star, but, but you're my, the rock star of parties. My big boots on, my tight jeans and a T-shirt, mm. hanging on that microphone. No backup singers, only men. Yeah, I get yes. it. See, I always wanted to like marry a rock star. I felt like I looked like rock and roll girlfriend, so I yeah, get the feeling. I, mean, I, I love marry it. a rock star, but he's not anymore. He wasn't I slept with some rock stars. So that does that count? You want to know something? But to me, it's like, you know what? And I don't know. It's not the singing. It's like you wanted, I I think part of being successful is the opposite. You have to have these insecurities. What drives you? And as a kid, I was bullied. And you know what? People say, you were bullied? And yeah, I was bullied. You know what I'm saying? So I went to to Hicksville High School where Billy Joel, Mercedes, Mm -hmm. and I'm a lot of like um, those kind of people on Long Island, and mm-hmm. I'm from Long Island. I'm proud to say I'm from Long Island. I'm not from the West Village, even though I lived there for 25 yes. years. And people always have to say like, oh, this is my identity. I live, no, I'm from Long Island. Exactly. I'm proud. I don't give a shit if you like my accent or not. It's who I am. It's it, it's inbreded in me. So um, I just felt that, you know, as a, as a bullied kid, it drove me, and the rock star was... I needed to push myself in the front of the stage to say, okay, I'm here, and you want to know something? And it gives you that control, security. So it's not necessarily the singing. You want it to be in front. But once I have that stage, and I do, the difference between the rock star, I don't stay on the stage anymore. So I'm more behind the camera. So I direct, I produce, and I walk away. And even though it's the Larry party, it's not my party. My guests, like if I have a bride and groom, they're the chandelier. Their guests are the bulbs, and I'm the dimmer switch. And that's where you have to know when to walk away. It's their turn. They hired me to tell their story. It's not for me to walk through and everybody say, oh, that's Larry. I don't need that, and they shouldn't have it from me. Because it takes attention away from maybe 20 guests not getting on the dance floor to dance. And that's when you know you're secure and made it. I know. I think you know what that's so impressive. I love that. Let me ask you some like questions that 
you know, for events or like people who are listening because everyone always likes, you know, everybody can't afford the most expensive party. But everyone always says, like, I have a thing about parties. What do you think the most, I know there's so many important things at a party, but what do you think actually makes a party? What is one thing a party can't live without? Um, Listen, I've been to parties. Which it's not about living without. I think it's making people feel that they are a major bulb on that chandelier. You know, there are certain people that it just becomes so about them. Margaret, mm-hmm. when I come into your house, you and your husband, Joe, always have, I've watched you. You're the perfect hostess. And I'm not blowing smoke oh, up your ass, Frank. No, I'll tell you why. You make it about them. A good host and hostess, it's not about the liquor or the this or the that. You know what? When you make them feel so important at their house, it's like, you know what? That's a great way. That's the, that's the cake of the party. The icing becomes the bar, the, fu- the food, the, the service, the this. Listen, there's five assholes coming to anybody's party. Whether it's they have true. money or not, they don't wish you well. One's your best friend. They're jealous. You it's know what? True. Don't bleed and don't feed into that because you're never going to win them over. It doesn't matter. It's like the girl that you never heard from or the guy. They're friendly the whole year. You invite them to a party. All of a sudden that week, they're calling like crazy. They're planting the seed in your head to make sure that they are relevant or center of attention at your party. Those are the people that who gives a shit about them because it's they're true. just doing it for that week. Yeah, they could call, but you know what? I know those types of people. But the person that's around you all year round, make them feel important because that's your inner It's circle. true. I yeah. absolutely agree. I but agree but your my best revenge is success. <laughs> I know that feeling. So your best revenge is make that person who made that call because they want to be relevant. Give them their relevance, but don't give them the stage for the whole night. It's true. Okay? It's That's absolutely it. true. Because they're what all going to have something to how, say. How do you feel about, like, I always say it's just like, it's so important to have good music. Like, at a party. Like, I hate when I go to a wedding. Like, there's certain parties that have to have the music. If you go to a wedding and the music sucks, I have a freak out. How do you feel about that? I think music is very key, like is in lighting. It sets the tone, but I don't think it's bad about. Lighting. No, I don't. Not about bad lighting. I think lighting it sets the tone and atmosphere depending on the venue. You could, you know, you could be in a loft and have cobwebs, and if it's during the day, it's like this place is dirty. And if you have cobwebs in a loft and it's at night, it becomes sexy almost. It sort of yes. goes. So lighting is really, really key. I think the. The biggest thing for me is like, you know, I don't love dance floors per se, like maybe at a wedding or something, but yes. I love that more European and I've traveled Europe and everything. And I, it's all about an education. I think it's cool just to be dancing around tables or whatever. It's almost like, it's not like when I was younger, everything was about like, did you dance all night long? Not about dancing all night long. Some people just want to lounge and sit on a couch and things come over to them. Do you know what I'm saying? But, and then... I think speeches become a little important at certain parties. Every story is different. Exactly. Okay? So and every di- story has a different importance. Different, different. Depends. A birthday party is different than a wedding, and a wedding is different. But I'm not Martha Stewart, page 34, volume 6 either. No. I beat every to my own different. drum. No, absolutely. But I'm just thinking, like, say, what, are, what, do you, what do you think is a waste of money? What do you think people like spend money on at a party? I'm not going to say that because in my industry, we all have to make a living. So by me taking... No, just say it. Larry, Larry, people are listening. I'm trying to teach the caviar dreamers, tuna fish budget people. Like what, you know, people are inspired by you. What do you think is a waste of money? I used to think a wedding cake was a waste of money when people were spending these crazy numbers. But I still think today by being, um, I want to say a little bit traditional and history repeats Mm -hmm. itself... 
Today, I think the occasion cake for me for a wedding becomes almost that chandelier in the room. Okay. I don't think it has to be all edible, but I think it should have some sort of um, presence. Or if it's mm -hmm. not in the room, parade in at the end, okay, to make it important, like the wedding cake is coming. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I love to play up that cake. But to sit there and have a designer cake and, oh my God, he's into golf, he's into this, and I see that same stupid cake, I could vomit. Maybe they're into right. yodels. Give him a big yodel cake. I love people it. You take, know the way I feel yeah, about your yodels. Yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah. some of these people take it so Joe's seriously. With the jelly you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 they take it too seriously, oh, like true. these cakes sometimes. Now, I like live music. I personally love a band. Bands are very expensive, but I'm all about live music yeah. and a band. They're fine. They, they, listen... How do I talk about bands? Again, depending on the situation. I don't like hiccups at a party. I think that kills it. Picture yourself drinking for two and a half hours. Now, I'm not a drinker. But yeah, like, I don't drink. You know all me, right, I so, don't But drink there either. are people, most people go to a party, they drink. Mm -hmm. yeah. If that music goes out because the band just starts going to break and there's one musician out of 14. No, I don't like stage, that. No. Well, that's what happens. No, or you can have a band. DJ backup. You can, but in other words, after a while, it's like going to the old days of Red Parrot in New York City. When the DJ came on, the sound system was so boom. By the time the band came on, you thought you were listening to like a jukebox. I know. I so see. I just feel like a live music gets the crowd Depends. Going. Depends. That's de me. Depends on the story. Sometimes, you know what? It's like, again, like not being Martha Stewart, page 34, volume 6. You can have great canned music in the beginning, like Buddha Bar, Nikki Beach music, leading into a DJ. And then, boom, right after the main course, a live band comes on because it doesn't have to be like band, DJ, band, DJ. That's so typical. I think, you know what, for me, my rock star image, my rock star, my rock star way of thinking is that it's there are no rules. I'll do whatever I want. It's about there has to be food, there has to be a beginning and an end. I love when it becomes to a formal plate, like a formal dinner. That, in other words, there's a big cocktail hour because people love hors d'oeuvres and desserts. They could give a shit about the dinner, but yet one course. I don't need four courses in between. Maybe that's when the band comes on, when there's a big dance set. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's how I structure the party. And again, it's not my story, it's yours. Now, Hannah, do you ever um, relax and sleep? Or do you have ADD? No, like, do, I mean, is your brain constantly <laughs> no, going? it's always. A creative individual, it's like I, almost my brother. It's really interesting. I say the Once, same thing. He That's said me. to me really fast. I'm sorry. He said to no, me, he good. goes like this. It's almost a curse. It is because mm -hmm. you can't turn it off. But you know That's what? Us. I'd rather have the curse than that. Me too. I feel the same way. Like when you came into my house, Joe, you said I was like on crack or a lot of coffee. <laughs> my mind is constantly going. I feel like I don't sleep, and I think that is the curse of creative people. Well, thank God we could call each other. Well, you know what? The morning. curse yes. is maybe the creative people with the mind, but your mouth didn't shut up. <laughs> well, I, you know, my creative mind just it filters out my mouth. I, I can't understand. help it. It's the never-ending. So tell me some, you know what? So you're doing more parties. Now people are getting back. No, not doing more parties. I think no, meaning like people are, you know, now they feel more comfortable with the social distancing. No, they no. really don't. No, I think it's look this this thing and through media and whatnot put the fear of God that you know what if you got COVID you were dying and all this <clears> stuff. I don't think you're dying. I think there are therapeutics and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But again, um, it's not up to me or you or anybody else to convince them. It, this is why. I used to think we're going to come out of it sooner than later. It's going to take a while because once there is a therapeutic or is there a vaccine, and who knows if there's going to be a vaccine, I'm not a doctor. All I'm saying, it's going to take a while because you know what? There are people. This is what I say to people in my industry. 
Um, like I remember having a 50th birthday party years back and you know what? My mother couldn't travel at that age and she was living in Florida, so she didn't come up. So there are people, let's say you were originally having 300 people to your kid's wedding, maybe 200 to show up, but at least 200 people are coming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think you stop there. Right now, there, there are brides and, and even coming of age kids that, you know what, if they were going to be 13 years old, by the time they were 14, 14 and a half, they can't have that same party. It's different groups of kids, different schools. Mm -hmm. It's the same with an older bride. If there's a bride who's late 20s, early 30s, she wants to start children. A younger bride can wait another year. Yeah. So in other words, so those brides, like they started out saying, oh, we're going to have a wedding later. We're going to do a smaller wedding. They never do. Once, once you, it's all the hype. The, like you're getting married. Once you wear the dress and you got married and if there's, I don't care if there's 20 people in your backyard or 30, your head's not into going to a whole big wedding again. It's over. It's done. Um, so right now we're trying to get some of those. We're not cheap, so we're not getting all of those. I'm sure there's maybe more in the masses, but you know, ours is a little bit more limited. We're with the 1% and the ones that have done it, we try to put on social media and whatnot to show, maybe there's an example, like instead of spending all this money on flowers, you can put a lamp on a table or whatever it is to still make yourself a special day. So Larry, do you have like a huge warehouse of stuff? Because I've been three to warehouses. Uh, yeah, Larry has yeah. three warehouses. I mean, do you just see, I mean, do you I just see you stuff? Call, no, it's like, I guess I'm a hoarder. I don't know how to throw things away. We purge. Bobby's here with me today someplace. Bobby, you here? I'm here. Yeah, Bobby's here. So we purged a few times and they would go like this. Okay, we're throwing, and they would be ready to throw it in this like 30 yard uh, dumpster. dumpster. Oh, no. I'd be in there sneaking in, pulling it back out and shoving it back on the shelf because it's like part of my, my life, my story. Uh -huh. Like all of a sudden, like, but that was so good. It's going to be retro one day. At yeah, exactly. Like, but I need to like, well, It'll come back whatever. Around. It's like a little scary. Well, you know what? You are so impressive. You're so fabulous. I mean, I can't wait till we could get back to hugging and I dancing have, and partying. I Good. want to ask you one question because this always intrigues me. You throw the best parties for everyone else. Do you ever throw yourself a party? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Well, yeah, I threw myself a few. The stress level is like crazy because you know what it is? I never used to, I, I would say I don't care. And then the week of the party, I was like, I never addressed my own party. And I just, I, I change, it gives me, I'm better under pressure. So what I'm saying is like, you know how somebody finishes their home before they're having a party or they get contractors going or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like us. Yes, it gives like you us. a reason to make sure that you finish it. Yes. And you have to make a decision. People, you know, become like non-decision makers and they just procrastinate. But I think when you're under the wire, especially with a creative person, you get it done. So my parties, yeah, like I had to figure out how to do a social distance party. I did it the last minute. And I, you know, this summer it was like, you know, models in inner tubes and Bercolinis with goggles on. Do you know what I'm saying? It's how you do it. I'm not floating centerpieces in a pool. Or I had um, my 50th birthday party at Cipriani 55 Wall Street. So I had 147 people sitting at long, long tables. I love that. And then I had 60 gospel singers after dinner serenade the room coming down the steps. And people were like, oh. what is that? In other words, oh, I want to, it's not for me, it's for my guests. I'm entertaining my guests. So what people have to remember, and you go back to the first question they asked me, how do you make a great party? What goes into making a great party? By making everybody feel they're part of that party. And yet they have to feel part of the inner circle. And you know what? We already know who the hostess hostess are. We just know. 
But when they take a step back and allow their guests, their guests are going to follow them eventually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So That's true. The pressure making my own party. I try not to make too many anymore. I don't blame you. Yeah. No, it's very pressure. It is. It That's is. why I did my wedding in six weeks. Yeah, because I needed that pressure yeah, too. Yeah, and my people, they, they, I'm always worried no one's coming. And like everyone's pissed because they weren't invited because they know, know I'm, they know I'm going to do something. I mean, like yeah. one summer I had um, 10 tables of 10 at a table, square tables in my backyard. <clears throat> and during dinner when they sat down and I had Michael Strahan in the backyard and Rosanna Scott and Chris Raggy and, you know, we had all these people and I'm just mentioning the celebrities plus all my other friends and I said, oh, what do I do? So what do I do? I put on opera music and I had four drag queen tennis players come out. Oh, play, I love play that. Play tennis as a show and people are like, what is that? It's, that's, it's, it's not the expected. Things. So that's what I do. See, but it's mixing worlds. It's the Studio 54 mixing worlds. That, it's I old, love it's it. young, it's straight, that. it's gay, it's black, it's white, it's everything. I and that's what that. I love. See, that's what I love. Everything you do, it's the unexpected. Mm -hmm. And it's so over the top and it's so not to... See, because I love that. I feel yeah. like I'm so crazy, you know, crazy and crazy. And I, I so appreciate it and just love everything you do. So that's why I get so fucking excited. Right. So that's why my crazy... And you know, the one it. thing with creative people, you I know what? That. I Some... wish I had a tennis court to do that. Yeah, yeah. you will one day. Yeah, <laughs> not on this freaking one. I'm finally so doing my outdoor kitchen. Do it in the pool. You'll have drag queen tell you. You can't put them in the pool because they make At last year I had my drag makeup. queen brunch. That I want to make But I think in anybody who's creative or anybody, you have to sort of hold back. You have to... It's almost like you can't... You can go to the edge, but you can't go over. And sometimes trying too hard is trying too hard. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say something has to die for something else to come forward. Because the party was so gorgeous and clean. Yeah, and, and, and there was food that, that all yeah. of a sudden it was like, it was, am I allowed to swear on podcasts? Yes! It was my yes. fuck you moment. Don't yes. fuck with me. I'm the best at what I do. <laughs> you are. And, and so that's way. my best revenge. Like in other yeah. words, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Fuck you. See, that's the way I feel. I feel like you're my best revenge. I was just like, mm. everybody thought they were so great on Jersey that I showed up with you. I was like, right. fuck you, people. Right. Don't fuck with the Marge. You don't right. think I have great taste? I do. I got Larry. Right, thanks. <laughs> right. right? No. So I was, I was like, and I just want to say something. So Bobby behind me, who Bobby is amazing. He's been with me for a long time. He started with me like at Larry and the Redhead, and I always have to give him credit because without him, he's like... Um, He's like my rock and Steve and all my guys from mm -hmm. my company, but Bobby is here and I just want to mention his name because I know he's sitting behind me and he has to get credit because I didn't get here on my own. No, oh, by I the way, that. you're only as good as your team and I always say yeah. that Lexi's the real Margaret Josephs and I could never do it without <laughs> her, so I, I know the feeling. So Larry, always at the end of the podcast, you know, we have like three questions that we always ask entrepreneurs because obviously you're um, the most entrepreneurial person you've had your business for 31 years you're so creative you you really made something out of nothing just a, a thought in your idea and, and changed an industry um so what is your most entrepreneur real advice not like have a budget do this to like young people starting out with a dream don't chase money ever it's like everybody's things you chase whatever you wake up every day and feel and love i don't care if it's like empty and garbage whatever it is just chase that passion because your passion's what's going to make you get up every day and love what you do. The money will come. Never chase money. If you're chasing money, you're always going to lose. It's like waiting to win lotto. You know what I'm saying? Forget it. It's not I happening. I agree. I would say the same thing. Go ahead. So we always say the march is 
50% delusion and 50% determination. And that's what's kind of been the recipe for her success. What are your percentages? Um, I want to say I, a lot of it had to do with my insecurity and, and saying like, oh my God. And then when I got the... When I got the security, like even decorating room, I started out first in food because my parents had the luncheonette business. So I was doing food and then I was, you know, doing the art of food where people first eat with their eyes so it should be pretty and it didn't matter what it tasted like. But then you need to make sure it tasted well as long as it looked good. And then I would look at rooms from these people and go like this, oh my God, they're horrible. They're decorators? This is horrible. So then I start to master that. It's the controlling in me. So I think, you know what? It's this drive that you have that you can't settle. Once you settle, like when I rest on my laurels, I'm done. It's, it's over. So I think anybody who's good is doubt, doubts themselves and what keeps them propelling forward is really that their need to constantly excel, their need to constantly be... That they're challenging themselves. It's not the people. It's not, they're not looking for the approval of people. They're looking for approval from themselves in the long run, which people don't realize, which is what we do with our parents. We always try to make our parents proud and we want their approval. So it's sometimes I go like this, my mother's dead, I don't need your approval, but I need my own. Mm -hmm. And when I have my approval, I know I'm good. So were you determination or delusion? Which percentage? <laughs> Determination. hundred percent. No delusion. Yeah. yeah I always say I know what. There's a little percent delusion, but no delusion doesn't. If you del, if, if you're delusional, you're never successful. So I don't successful. know. I always feel like no, delusional was like my dream. Like I always say, I'm successful. I say I was determined, but I was like, you're not you know. delusional. If you felt you were delusional, that's. You weren't really giving yourself enough credit. No, and now exactly. That you're here, but like, you now have that to I'm let here. that. So, no, delusional has to be put out, and merely your passion and you're moving forward is what's going to no, keep you. No, of course, but like you know, like when you're the young, eternal the eternal, I'm the eternal like, optimist. There was no option to fail. That's yeah, there was. Your that's delusion. my delusion. There was no like, option there was no to fail. It wasn't going to work. It was always yeah, like the same thing like with the house. I'm but like, oh, we'll do this in three weeks. But that's delusional. I'll tell you why. When you're delusional, it's like less resting on your laurels. So to me, to me, I'm not resting on my laurels because I didn't, it was the disappointment. I don't know if I'm like really, like I don't look at you as delusional. No, no, I feel like, you know, my delusion, I would say, like growing up, I was part, I never not thought I was like kind of famous. And in I, my head, I was always, no, and I didn't. Like in my that. head, you I didn't know, saying? like yeah. I didn't it's realize. It's like parental blindness. Sometimes you look at a kid after he murdered the whole world yeah. and go like this, that wasn't my kid, but we saw it on video. No, like, I know, yeah. no, I wasn't that. I wasn't delusional not thinking something was happening, but just like I was always like, Oh, of course I'll be famous one day. Not a big deal. I'll never, work my no, way there. You know, I, I was just like, had that. you know, it's inevitable. Did I, I'm crazy. You know, in my head, yes. like my brother. But now, wait a second. Yes. Yeah, but now, listen to me. So it's okay that you were there then, but it should be changing the ratio because I'll tell you yes, why. Yes, of course. It's harder to stay on top because you know oh, what? Yeah, it's a, yeah. It, this but is that's a job. why it's not delusional anymore because what happens is yes. that's pushed out of the forefront. Yes, exactly. And now it's like, oh my God, I yeah, you put this pressure on changed. you to make sure yes. how do I stay? It's easy to get it. Look, I used to say to people oh, all the time, yeah. it's so easy to make money, it's harder to keep, keep it. it. Oi, forget yeah. it. So I mean, in other words, so now it's the same thing yeah. in business. Anybody can be in business, but that most people throw the yeah. wrench in and sabotage it because they're afraid really of real success. And real success yeah. takes a lot of competition, a lot of work, and sometimes it's not about you. And then you have to sometimes wait, but 
but you know, think it through, and then boom, you catapult yourself to the next level, which is ten, and you leave them in the dust. That's your revenge. That's your success. Not being malicious. I mean, somebody once said to me, go like this, you're such a shrewd businessman. I said, I'm not shrewd. I'm a smart businessman. Mm -hmm. Shrewd is trying to get over on somebody. So I don't look at you as delusional. No, thank yeah. you. Okay, I get it. Right. I'm going to change my percentages. I, and what about, and what in your life, at what point in your career, I always call it my big girl panties moment. You know, what in your career, what was your like big boy, big boy boxers or big boy <laughs> briefs <laughs> moment, like big girl panty moment? I, I think, think you realize like, holy shit, I got to do this. No, I think when I had to make a speech, I sold out. I was the only one on the East Coast, New York, New York City, which mm -hmm. is the, the, the biggest, smallest city in the world. Yes. And I sold out Make-A-Wish for the first time in 32 years, me personally. Not Donald Trump, not this one, not the head of Bear Stearns. Lawrence Scott, Larry Scott, stood on stage in front of 850 people at Cipriani Downtown Wall Street. Judge Judy had introduced me. And I brought my staff on stage where the owner of the Mets, Saul Katz, was there. I mean, I had major, I personally brought in 44 tables. And it's almost like that Sally Field moment. You like me, you really like me. And I was standing on stage and I said, I didn't do this by myself. And I called my entire company up and I said, so if you nice. love me, you love them because they are my family. And when I got off the stage, like people could not believe I did that. But that was my moment where I said, I think I made it. Like, I think I'm respected, but what keeps me here today is it's over. Don't fall in love with it. Move on. Because you know what? It's, you don't get, that moment doesn't give you the right to be cocky. No. Or, no. or all of a sudden you're better than somebody and you start over. And that's why we're back to the pandemic. I'm starting over because I'm meant to be a leader. No, absolutely. And it's funny, do you have imposter syndrome? Because I always say... It's funny, we've talked about this a lot and I know a lot of people have it. When I go to a wedding, I almost feel like I should still be at the kids' table. I'm like, always feel like I'm going to well, be that's, found that, out. Yeah, that's, we all feel that way. That's yeah. any successful person always feels think, like, oh my God, you're going to be found out. Like yeah. sometimes I go like this, how am I going to do this? I think, it's, well, yeah. that's, yeah, I think true entrepreneurs and true successful people feel that way. Like, is this really, ha you know, is this really me? Right. Yeah, they're going to find us out. I think like, that's part of like, you know, it's part of being successful. It's the insecure, like in other words. But I think you get past that stage. I think what happens is you realize, look, when I was 35 years old, why wasn't I getting, and I know this sounds really obnoxious right now, but why am I not getting the million dollar wedding? In my industry, again, I'm in the 1% and I'm being very creative. Um, in, uh, how do I say this? I'm doing these big parties. I aspire to do it, but like I know that, you know what, some gentleman or couple that's making their daughter's wedding who is philanthropic that's why i say don't be haters a lot of these people that have a lot of money are very philanthropic they give a lot of money to charities to schools and whatnot and they're just showing sometimes the other side of how other people could live and what you could aspire to in this mm -hmm. world and especially being american and um i said you know what why am i not getting those jobs because i don't know at the age of 61 now, that I would give some young person a million dollars to do my kid's wedding. No, They're of course, not weathered yeah. enough. They're not experienced enough to make all those mistakes. So I think you have to just be a little patient. Even though we don't have patience as human beings, you know, have patience. It'll come. If it's meant to be, it'll come. And that's the challenge within yourself. And 
Yeah, and don't get discouraged, right? It it's... can't help it. Discouraged, but you know what? When you get discouraged, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Mm -hmm. You pick yourself up and then boom, move on. Feel bad for yourself for six seconds, but don't sit there and whine yeah. like a baby, okay? Because yeah, we don't you like know what? Like not everybody like gets the trophy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Competition is competition. So you know what? You just don't hand somebody a trophy because all of a sudden yeah. they feel like, well, I've been here 30 years. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, who gives a Put shit? It, correct. I so feel I'm, the same I'm way. old you school that, that way. I am too. It's like you have to work hard. Everybody. You know what? Everybody's not at the top at the same time. And they may never be because yes. they want to know something. Everybody works hard. Yeah, they work hard. But you know what? How important is it to you? Some people give up their whole lives for certain things. That's why they got in certain positions. You don't get the same position if you took, you know, seven years. And I'm not being mean, but, you no. know, you took seven years off because you were raising children or this or that. Like, what are those people? Like, play catch up? And so, you know what? Doubt yourself. Keeps you moving. Don't feel sorry for yourself all the time. There's always somebody richer. There's always somebody better looking. Stop looking what everybody else has and just move forward for what challenges you and yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Not what everybody else has. Mm -hmm. By looking at whatever else, it's, yeah, it's like you know, a horse race. You know, they have the blinders on because they don't want you to see on the side. I yeah. never look back. In other words, I don't care what my industry is doing. I do my own thing. And that's what separated me from everybody else. Because I didn't know what they were doing, nor do I care. Once in a while, you look to see those sharks, mm -hmm. and then you just say, you know what, I'm not getting involved. You know what I mean? It's like Madonna, I guess, yeah. telling her, like, she didn't want her kids watching the TV. She didn't want to hear the negative and her kids being exposed to that. So maybe, you know what, again, I'm not on that level, but maybe it teaches her kids something different where it's, they have a little bit more of norma normal, normalcy. Normalcy. Normalcy, sorry. Or normality, so, whatever. That's it. Normality, it I was gonna I was gonna say normality, but it's okay, it all works. It all works. It well all Larry, works. thank you so much for coming thank on you. and inspiring other people. You're so inspirational. No, thank you for and having me. And I love me, it. Really. Thank you. Thank I love you, it. I'm you, super, super excited. And tell everybody where to find you. Lawrence got events. We're <clears> out on Long Island. We moved our offices from Chelsea into Long Island. We're in Hicksville. Um, your social media. Lawrence Scott Events. Everything is Lawrence Scott Events. Larry Lawrence Party. Scott Events. Lawrence Scott Larry Events. Party. Hashtag is the Larry Party. Lawrence Scott Events. You could see all his fabulosity there on Instagram. And of course, you could look at my parties because Larry did them. <laughs> okay. Thank you Thank very you, much, Larry. Larry. Thank, Thank you. So Love much. you. Thanks Thank so you. much. Love you. Thanks.